In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who does show us who He is. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I started things off today, I asked you what you learned from a first date. And probably some of you were rifling through some lists of first dates that you had in your head. Maybe people that you know currently, or maybe people that you have just said sayonara to. But maybe you've had that experience of a first date and getting to know somebody. And sometimes that's an interesting little ritual that we go through in this culture where we get to know the other person after asking them out on a date, maybe even on Valentine's Day. And the whole reason that you have that date, that whole reason, is you want to get a little glimpse of what that person is like. You want to see how they respond to your jokes. You want to see how they eat their food. Because you really couldn't deal with somebody who chews with their mouth open the whole time. You want to see all of these things. You want to get a glimpse of who they are, kind of behind the veil of maybe the platonic way that you've gotten to know them so far. And so you ask them out on a date. And you get to see a little bit of what's behind the veil there. In our Gospel reading for today, we read about when three of Jesus' disciples get a little bit of a peek behind the veil. They get to see Jesus for who He really is. They get to see Jesus in all of His splendor and glory transfigured there before them. Jesus changed into this vision of glory. This vision that we will see Him in when we go to heaven, if we believe in Him. This picture that we have of what that glory to come is going to be like. We get to see Jesus along with Peter and James and John. We get to be along for the ride, experiencing what maybe they experienced. If you really listen to the story, what's happening here is that Peter, James, and John, who basically consist of the inner circle of Jesus' twelve disciples, they all go up to the mountain with Jesus, assuming to pray. They weren't expecting anything really all that exciting. They were going to go up there to get away from it all, to have a quiet time where they could just sit back and soak in God. But it doesn't stay very quiet for long. Because God gives them this transfiguration, this change where they're able to see who He really is. And it says at the end of it that it just about terrifies them. And I think it would terrify you as well. Imagine you ask somebody out on a date, and then all of a sudden, they change before you. And their clothes are dazzling white, and you see this big halo from beyond them. And God says, this person is baptized. Listen to them. It would be pretty amazing. 
And you'd be pretty terrified. And I'm sure that that's where John and James and Peter were all at. Their first date with Jesus was something of a a jarring, jarring time. And sometimes that's the way it is with us in our first dates, isn't it? Sometimes we get to go on this first date and we realize, well, you know, maybe something's not exactly right with that other person. We go on a first date and maybe we find out that their laugh, there's no way you can hear that one more time. So you either have to break up or just go to sad movies for the rest of your life. Or maybe you find something else out and it's something that's a little bit annoying. It's something that you you really don't like. And maybe it's not the first date, but it's the second date where you find that out. Or maybe it's later on, but you just get a little bit irate. Well, it seems sort of like that's what Jesus is like when he comes down off of the mountain, right? All of a sudden he comes down off of the mountain, he has this really mountaintop experience. He comes down after talking with Moses and Elijah... And this person says, please heal my son. He's having these seizures. He's basically having epilepsy caused by a demon. Please heal him. And Jesus seems a little bit grumpy. Oh, you perverse and faithless generation. Why do I have to do this myself? And it doesn't really tell us why he thought they were so perverse, and why he thought they were so faithless. It could be that they went to his disciples first instead of going to him thinking that his disciples were somehow sort of magical. Or maybe it's because his disciples, maybe he's saying that the disciples are the perverse and faithless generation because his disciples don't have enough faith to channel his power. Whatever it is, that's not the point in Luke. The point in Luke is that Jesus has just had a conversation with Moses and Elijah about what's going to happen next in his life. And that would be enough to make any of us a little bit agitated and irate. He's just been talking about going to Jerusalem, where all of his friends are going to leave him, and then he's going to go and be beaten and die on a cross. He's a little bit agitated. Of course, sometimes in our first dates, there's something else that happens. Sometimes we actually are okay with the person. Sometimes we even realize that, you know, there's so much to this person that I don't even know yet. I thought I knew them really well when I asked them out on a date, but they are so much richer and fuller of a human being, and we need to go out on another date. I need to know what this person is like. And that's also something that comes up in this reading. The disciples don't get to see Jesus transfigured before them, except for this brief little moment. And in this brief little moment, they begin to realize there is so much more to this guy. 
we maybe were tricked into thinking that he was just a good teacher, or maybe that he was going to be a great political leader at some point, or maybe whatever, he was just my good friend. But now they are faced with the fact that there is so much more. So much more to who Jesus is. So much more. So much more that makes us want to get to know Him. So much more that that leads us into churches and into Bible studies and into reading the Word and into hearing about this one person from 2,000 years ago. If there wasn't more beyond Him than just a teacher, there's no way we would still be here today. But there is. There's so much more that we want to get to know Him better and better. But yet, there's one way that we get to know Him the best. There's one way that we absolutely, essentially, have to know Jesus. And that's not the point of His transfiguration. His transfiguration is just a great story that helps us to understand something that is leading up to. He's leading up to the cross. He's leading up to the point where He sacrifices everything for you. He's leading up to the point where He picks up the bill at the end of your date and says, I've paid for this person. He's leading up to the point where he is beaten by Roman guards, almost to a pulp. He's leading up to the point where he is not even able to physically carry his own cross because they've beaten him so badly. He's leading up to the point where they drive nails into his arms and to his legs and put a crown of thorns on him and eventually drive a spear into his side to just make sure that he's dead. He's leading up to a point where they take him down off of that cross and they put him into a tomb where he's there for three days. That point where he says, I'm willing to sacrifice for you. I'm willing to pay whatever price I need to to have you be my valentine. To have you be the person that is with me for eternity. It's all leading up to that. That's the full picture of what we need to know about Him. That point where He's on the cross dying for our sins. But it doesn't end there. Because after three days, He comes out of that tomb. And He screams into the world, I love you. And if we follow the Father's advice, If we follow what God the Father says, this is my Son, my Chosen One, to show the world how much I love it. If we listen to Him, 
we will hear that love. That love being communicated to us through the cross. And this would be yet another date that we've had with our Savior. Amen.